Hey, this is Noah Fritchie, and I'm the lead pastor of Real Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. We're starting this brand new teaching series called Let Us Adore Him. We just sing that song um, as an intro to the series, and really what we're talking about is that as we approach Christmas, we're going to start focusing on who Jesus is and what he did for us, and really what the birth of Jesus means for you and me. Because to a lot of people, a lot of people know about the birth of Jesus, but it doesn't mean anything to them. They just, they just know about it just like they would know something else in history. And what I believe is that as we talk about this, I believe God is going to do something to, I, I believe that God is going to expand our hearts as, and to help them know him more and, and help us intimately fall in love and know who Jesus is. And, and, and to really, really what the idea of this series is, is that I want you to come to adore Jesus. I want you to come, really to come to know Jesus. Literally to adore means to worship. And so I don't know whether you know this or not, but, but we're, all, we're all called to worship. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to be diving into what it means to really worship Jesus. In fact, our theme verse comes from Matthew 2.2. It's, it's the story of the wise men, so another Christmas story that we're going to tap on here on Matthew 2, two. It says this, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to what? We have come to worship him. And, that, and that's really what we're talking about. Is that, and I love this story about the wise men, is that uh, the, the wise men, they, they, came and they, they, they came to Jesus not to get something from Jesus. Like, how many of you know some people who just go to church to get something from church? Yeah, I, I know a lot of people like that. They go to God when they need something. I think it's really interesting about these wise men that the wise men go to Jesus not because they need anything and not because they could get anything from him. Instead, they go to worship him. And really, I, I think in, in the culture nowadays, in this Western Christianity culture, we often get the idea of Christianity mixed up a whole lot. We make Christianity all about us. We make Christianity all about what God can do for me. What can God, how can God benefit my life? How can I fit him in my life? And what you notice here is that right as soon as Jesus is born, people aren't coming to get stuff from Jesus. They're coming to give stuff to Jesus. And immediately we see at the birth at the birth of our Savior, that people are coming to worship Him. And people, we've, we, this Western Christianity idea, people have got it all mixed up. They believe that God just exists for them. And, and that if, if, if you would just do the right things, and if you would just say the right prayers, and if you would just act the right way, maybe God will do something for you. That's the idea that they have. But that, that's not at all what Christianity is about. Some people believe that Christianity is like, I love this illustration, uh, it, it's like a cosmic Coke machine. Like, like, we're, like, you, like if you would just go and do the right things, you can go and punch the, if you would just do the right things and have a payment for that, and then you can punch the right buttons and get whatever you want from God. That's not how God works. Just because you do the right things doesn't mean God is just going to give you stuff. That's not at all how it works. As, as God created us, God created us to worship Him. He created us to adore him and and that's and that's what we should do and we see that as early as we see with the wise men in this story here's what i want you to know and over this next over this whole series here's here's really what i want you to come to understand is that god is not here for us we're here for god 
God is not here just for you. You're here for him. And, and when, you, when you change your mindset and when you start to understand that, you'll start to looking at the whole idea of Christianity differently. We are created to glorify God and we're created to make him known and we're created to bring him honor and glory. And I believe that God wants more from us and, and I believe that God wants us to worship him. And honestly, as your pastor, I would say that there's a lot of things as a church that I feel like we do extremely well. I feel like we do a lot of things really, really well as the body of Christ. You've heard me talk about the body of Christ more and more recently because I really want you to understand that you all play a part. Each and every one of you, you are part of the body of Christ. That's what, that's what, that's what God calls the church, that you are the body of Christ. And there's a lot of things that, that I, I believe our church does really well, but one of the things, quite honestly, that I believe... One of the greatest areas I think we could improve in, and, and not only on the weekends, but, but even just, like, imagine seven days a week, I think we could improve in just being worshipers. Like, just having the attitude of worship. Not just on Sunday mornings, but, but I'm talking like seven days a week. Like, every day, have the attitude of worship. You need to understand this. You need to understand that worship isn't just something we do. Worship is who we are. Like, we are literally created by God to worship Him. So it's not something that we do. It's something, it, it's, it's who we are. We're created to worship God from the depths of our hearts. And over the next few weeks, I'm really just going to ask God, and my prayer has really been for you, is I've been asking God just to give you a desire to worship. Just a desire to worship Him passionately. And I, I'm doing that because I really do believe that God is pleased with our hearts whenever we come to worship Him, when we come to adore Him. And we're going to, over the next four weeks, we're going to look at four different postures of worship. In fact, next week we're going to talk about bringing your gifts and, 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 and how, how bringing your gifts is actually a posture of worship. And the week after that, we're going to talk about pouring out your heart. And then on, on, on the week before Christmas, we're actually going to be talking about bowing your knees. And, uh, but today... We're going to be talking about lifting your hands towards God. We're going to talk about why do we lift our hands towards God. Turn to your neighbor and say, lift your hands. All right. That's, that's kind of fun. <laughs> hey, hey, and some of you, you know, you know what I'm talking about when I say lift your hands. Like, like if, well, let me just say this. If you didn't grow up in church and you, and you just walked in here this morning, you probably saw a lot of people lifting their hands. You probably saw some people lifting their hands. And, you're like, and, and, and for the first time, for so many people, you're probably like, well, that's just kind of different. Like, that's just, that's, what are they doing? with? Why is their hand all up in the air like that? Like, like, like what are they doing with themselves? And, 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 and it's kind of different. And for many of you, it might feel a little bit awkward even. Like, it might, it might just feel kind of weird. And, 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 and it, it might be, <laughs> I love this comparison, it might be like watching some, like, like you watching someone else make out. Like, like it's just kind of weird. Like, like you, you, you just look at it, you're like, I don't, I don't know if I should be looking at this. Like, it's just, like, you know it's probably real, but it's just weird. Like, and so, and so all these people are, 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 are raising their hands, and you're like, well, it just, I, it just makes me feel kind of awkward, but, but it, 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 it's, it, I'm sure it's good, right? And so, uh, and, and so <laughs> you see all these people do that, and, uh, and, and, and you're like, well, it might, it might look just a little bit awkward. And uh, so, so the question really is, is like, why does Scripture teach us to raise our hands towards God? 
And what in the world does it accomplish when I raise my hand? Like, what does it matter if my hand's in my pocket or if it's up in the air? Like, what, what does that accomplish? And it's kind of funny whenever you really think about it. It's funny when you think about, and, you, and, and have you ever, like, watched somebody, like, like, worship just, like, maybe just the person in front of you got an interesting worship style? I love the comedian Tim Hawkins. He, uh, he, he has, he, he does some really funny Christian stuff, and uh, it, he, he talks about the posture of worship. He's got a video about the posture of worship, and he talks about how most people, they just start by just carrying the TV. That's all they, you know, they do, they do one of these. They carry, they carry the television, and then, and then most people, they, they finally upgrade to the big screen. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, oh yeah. They have, they get, they get, some of you got the 65-inch big screen TV at Walmart, you're looking like this, you know, you, you <laughs> Black Friday deal, everybody. So, and, and so some people upgrade to that, and, and then we've got the other worship posture where, I, I love this one, it is, it's, the fish was this big, like, like you're telling people, I, I love, the fish is this big, and you, and, and, and people just have all different kinds of postures, and, and, uh, Another one is, and I, I catch myself doing this a lot. I don't know why, but it's the Jesus is number one. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Jesus is number one. Uh, he talks about, Tim Hawkins talked about this, this pageant girl. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you got the pageant girl, and then, uh, and then oh, this, is, this, this one's good. I haven't seen anybody do this here, but I, you, go, you go to some Christian concerts, they get cra- crazy Christians over there. They, they do the block the shot. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You get the block the shot. And, and that's popular with like 20-year-olds and whatnot. They, they like to, they like to, but, but <laughs> there's all different ways that people worship. And what I really want to do is I just want to look at some scriptures and, and I want to let them come alive inside of us. And I want us to try to understand why is it that we do this? And, and, and why, what, what do we, why, why do we lift our hands? And and what, what is it a reflection of? And, and really what we're going to find out is that when we lift our hands, it's actually just a reflection of what's actually in our heart. Like when you begin to lift your hands, it's actually just uh, a, this, this representation of what's going on inside your heart. In fact, we're going to pick up the story uh, with David. And uh, David is in the wilderness, and David is at a very low point in his life when, when, the scripture, when, when he writes his scripture in Psalm 63. He says, you, God, or my God, earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I wonder how many of you feel like you're in one of these dry and parched lands where there is no water. You just feel like you're just in such a, a dry place and 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 you're just in this place where you feel dry you just feel alone you feel afraid and 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 you're like well i i didn't think some some for so many of us we think well i didn't think my life i i thought i thought at this age my life would be like this and but 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 it's not and i and i'm so and i'm so upset and 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 for some of you as we go into the holidays you're it, you, you think, well, the holidays, it, it's supposed to be a happy time. But for me, right now, it's not really all that, that, that happy. And, and, and what I've really found out about the holidays is this, is that the holidays are just like a magnifier. So if you've got some good stuff going on your li- in your life, it, 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 it really magnifies the good stuff. But for so many of us who enter this holiday season, and, and maybe we've got something not so good going on in our life, it, it really magnifies the not so good stuff. 
And all of a sudden, for so many of us, we just feel like we're, we're like David. We're in this dry, desert place. And, 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 and here's what David cries out. David cries out and says, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. Imagine that. God's love is better than your life. And, 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 and David says this, and David says, my lips will glorify you. And what I think is interesting here is that David's in this really, really bad place. And here's what he's not doing. He's not, he's not thanking God because things are good in his life. He's actually thanking God because God is still good. Like, even though everything in his life around him is bad, God is still good. And he gets excited about and he says, my lips will glorify you. And he, and he goes on to say, I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will what? I will lift up my hands. David, in a dry desert place where life is not going his way, David says, I will lift up my hands. I wonder, have you ever experienced just a moment where your hands just naturally go up? I've, I've experienced that many times. I've been to many different conferences, many different events, sometimes just at home, like in the middle of the night. It's really weird. Listening to worship music or something, and just naturally, it's just like my hands just want to go up. And it's just something that, it's just something that naturally happens with me. Some of you, it might not happen with that. Some of you, you went to the Murfreesboro football game, and your hands naturally went up in the air, everybody. It was a natural thing. I, it, and, so, and so for so many of us, I, it, it, it's a natural thing that just our hands just want to go up when we're excited about something, when we want to give somebody praise, when, when we want to do something, our hands just naturally go up. And here's what I wrote down, and, and here, it's not in your notes, but it would be a great thing to write down is this, is that you can't experience God's grace and not show gratitude. Like when you really come to know what God did for you, when you really come to understand the price that Jesus paid for you, you can't help but give him some praise. You can't experience his grace and not show him gratitude. When you truly understand who he is, and when you truly understand what he's done for you, you have to express your heart in worship. And really, so many times, that's what happens to me. I just naturally, my hands just naturally lift up. And let me read you this other verse from the New Testament, where we, where we, where we look at Paul. Paul is writing to Timothy, and he's giving instructions to Timothy for Christians to worship. Here's what Paul says. He says, Therefore, I want the men, I want you to notice that real quick, I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. Sometimes in the Bible, when we see the interpretation, I want the men, well, sometimes in the Bible, and most of the time in the Bible, when it says men, it just literally means like mankind. It literally just means like it, it means people. It just means everybody. So, so, so normally when I would look at a scripture like this, I would say, therefore, I, I want everybody to lift up hands. But what's interesting about this scripture and why I, I put this scripture in your notes is that how this is actually wrote in the New Testament and translated, when Paul talks about this, when Paul says this, he literally says men. Like, he uses the gender 
of men in this scripture. He doesn't say mankind. He doesn't say people. He actually says men. And I think it's so interesting that Paul says, I want the men to lift up holy hands. And, 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 and I think it's interesting. And I don't, I don't know exactly why he would have put this, but I would say that based off of my experience and based off the experience that I've had just around with, with regular old people, that, that men are often the last people to ever raise up their hand in, in a worship service. Men are often the last people to raise up their hand and give praise towards God. And maybe, I can guess, maybe for, for some men it's because of pride, because they, they, just, they just don't want to raise it. Maybe for some of them it just feels awkward for them to raise their hand. Maybe some men, I've heard people say this, well, that's just kind of a chick thing, like to raise your hand. It's just kind of a lady thing. And, and it's, and, 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 but for whatever reason, Paul says, I want the men to lift up holy hands to God. And I can only imagine why he says that. And if I'm guessing, I'm guessing because probably Paul wants the men to set the standard of worship. See, all throughout the Bible, the, the, the men have a, have, a, have a great charge, have a great responsibility within their family. And if I was to guess why Paul was to just specify the men here, it's because Paul wants the men to set the standard. He wants the men, he wants the leaders of the family, he wants, he, wants, he wants the children to look at their fathers seeking the heart of God. That's, that, that's what Paul wants. And, and, and can I just tell you this, this is just off the side, but if, if you want your children to seek after God, then you need to be seeking after God yourself. Like, you set the example, and, and specifically for so many men, it, it's important that, I, that's why I point out this scripture, it's important for you to set the example. And I would just say to the men of our church, like, don't let your wives out-worship you, everybody. Like, like, like don't let, let your wives worship more than you. You set the example. Don't let your children out-worship you, men. Don't let your children out-worship you. You set the example. You set the tone. You seek God, and you be a man after God's own heart. That's what the Bible says about David. And, I, and I'm just going to give away the end of the message. But at the end of this message today, we're going to close just a little bit different. It's because at the end of this message, I'm going to ask every single one of you to just lift your hands. I'm just going to ask you to, just to do an experiment with me and, and lift your hands at the end of this message. I'm going to ask the men to do it first. I'm going to challenge the men, the, the heads of the household, to lift their hands and set the example and worship God. And you're like, well, well Pastor, no, I don't, I don't know about doing that. Why? Why should I lift my hands? Why should I lift my hands? Here, let me tell you why. Because God loves it when you do. God loves when you worship Him. He loves, he loves that worship. He, he loves that adoration towards Him. And uh, just <laughs> let me give you just kind of a funny little example here. Many of you who know me, you know that... Uh, and, and, and this, now that I really, now that I crushed the men's heart real quick, I'm going to crush the ladies' heart real quick. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you know me, it's just will devastate some ladies, but I really don't like babies. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what it is about babies, but I just, I've, I've trained myself to kind of smile and look at them. <laughs> That's about all that I, <laughs> I want. I, I, as, and some of, some of them are laughing way too loud because they know me. And, uh, but uh, I, I, just, I just really don't like babies. But um, now, what I do like, and I like just 
quite a bit better is I like toddlers. Like, I, I can handle anything from toddler past. Just the baby, like, just looking at me, I just can't, like, I don't know what it wants. I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what kind of face to make. And usually they just cry, like, because I just stare back at them. So, uh, but, but anything past that, uh, I, 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 I'm all right with. And I'll, I'll just say that. But the, one of the cutest things, and I saw this on Facebook this week, is someone, someone had a video on Facebook as sitting around Thanksgiving. And, uh, with, with a baby, and they had their arms up, and they were walking towards uh, their, their mom or dad. And have you ever seen, I, I, parents, you know what I'm talking about. When, when, when your child takes their first, first step, and they, they kind of they do, you know, the crazy walk, and they've got their arms lifted up towards you. And when I thought about that in context to this message here, is I thought, wow, just imagine... The baby, or the toddler, is you. And imagine the parent is your heavenly father. With that parent, with the toddler's arms up, lifted towards them, heading towards them, would that parent just let the kid go? No. Listen, your heavenly father is just, it's just exactly like that. When you raise your hands towards your heavenly father, man, his heart goes out to you. Just like a parent would to their child. His heart, I, I can just imagine God's heart going out to you. No loving father would turn from the lifted hands of a child. And, and that's, that's what God does. God loves when we lift our hands. He loves when we lift our hands towards him. And when we lift our hands towards him, his heart goes out towards us. He loves when we worship him. In fact, the Bible says this. The Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Hey, listen, you've got a first step to take. You've got to draw near to him first so that he will draw near to you. As we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. We call this, and here's what I would call this, and here, this is in your notes if you're taking notes. We call this the offering of praise. Just like anything else, just like any other offering you would give, like many of you, you give an offering, and that is your tithe and offering. That, that is your money that you, that you give. You, you literally give you literally give money in your offering, but can I tell you that lifting your hands can also be an offering towards God. I'm, I'm going to pick it up in Psalm 141, where David, he's, I told you he was at a low point in his life. I would believe that in Psalm 141, David is at his lowest point in life. And here's, here's what Psalm 141 says. It says, Oh Lord, I am calling to you. Please hurry. Listen when I cry to you for help. David's at this such, such a low point in his life. He says, accept my prayer as incense offered to you and my upraised hands as an evening offering. David says, accept my upraised hands as an offering to you. And some of you today, some of you for the first time, you need to lift your hands as an offering towards God. You, you, need to, you need to give God an upraised, an upraised, some upraised hands as an offering towards him. And can I tell you that it might feel a bit awkward at first. It might feel a bit weird at first, and you might be a little bit out of your comfort zone. But I just want to encourage you that as we go to the end of this message, to lift them up. Just lift your hands and say, God, I'm offering you my heart. Here it is. I give, I give my praise to you. And some of you, you might be in here today, and you might not feel like praising. You might be like, well, things in my life are just, 
if it's not in the right place right now for me to be lifting my hands and praising God. <laughs> it's just not, can I encourage you to, to go ahead and do it anyway. Offer him praise anyway, not just because of what you see, but because of who, you, but because of who God is. But because of how, how you understand that God is good all the time. And, and offer him praise, even through the hard parts. That's why, that's why I love these scriptures, is that David is going through such a, a, such, a, a, such a deep tragedy in both of these scriptures, and still yet, he offers God praise. And I, I just think that's awesome. But you need to understand this, is that, that we lift our hands, not only we lift our hands to worship, of course, we lift our hands to reach out to God. We talked a little bit about that. We lift our hands as an offering of praise, but we also lift our hands to declare battle. You need to understand that. For, 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 many, for many of you, you need to understand this idea that you need to start lifting your hands to declare battle. Because some of you, you're in a real battle right now, and you're in this really dark place. And if things don't change in your life, and, and, and you don't know what you're going to do. And, and here's what you need to do. You need to lift up your hands and declare battle. And you need to ask God to go to the battle for you. And you, you just need to give it to Him. In fact, the best example in Scripture that we find is in Exodus 16. In Exodus 16, uh, it, it, it's, where, it, it's where the Israelites are, are fighting these guys, and, and, and this is where Moses says to Joshua, Moses tells Joshua to go choose some men and go into battle. And Moses says, tomorrow I, I'll go and stand on the mountain and I'll raise my hands towards God. And many of you, you, you know this story. It's found in Exodus 17. It says this, so Joshua fought, the Amalekites, and Moses had ordered, as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. And here's what happens at the top of the hill. It says, as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. And all of a sudden, here's Moses, and based on what Moses is doing, is, is whether they're winning or losing. And Moses is here, he's got his hands up, and they're winning, but as soon as his hands are down, they're losing. Winning, losing. Winning, losing. Tied. <laughs> you know? And so it depends on what Moses is doing, but when the arms were lifted up, acknowledging God and his sovereign power, God's people were winning. But when his arms were no longer up and not acknowledging the power of God, the, the God's people started losing. And some of you... You're in this battle, and you've got your hands in your pockets, everybody. And you're not acknowledging God for anything. And, and that's why you're losing the battle. And it might be time for you to start to lift up your hands. For some of you, you need to take your hands out of your pockets and lift up your hands and acknowledge God and say, Hey, listen, I, God, I acknowledge your power. I acknowledge that you, can, uh, that, 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 that you are God no matter what. And on my own, I don't have the ability to get it done, but I seek you, and I lift my hands, and I give you praise. That in spite of what is going on around me, I'm going to lift my hands. In spite of all the chaos around me, I will continue to praise you. Some of you, you need to get your hands out of your pockets and lift your hands and say, God, no matter what's going on, I declare that the battle is yours, and I give it all to you, and I trust in you. I lift up my hands, and I declare that by faith, I believe you are fighting for me. Some of you need to get your hands 
out of your pockets and lift your hands and acknowledge God. What I find interesting about this story is if we go on to verse 12, Moses' arms get tired. <laughs> Just like maybe your arms get tired from holding the weight of the world every week, right? <laughs> Moses' arms get tired and and here he is, and he's, he can't leave his hands up like for, for the, rest of the rest of the day. He just can't do it. And here's what happens. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone, and they put it under him so he could sit down. And, and genius idea, everybody. And, uh, and, then he said, and then it says Aaron and Hur came up and held his hands up. And one on one side and one on the other so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekites' army with the sword. And I think this is interesting. In fact, I just kind of want to give you a little illustration. I'm going to ask Mackenzie and Jared to come up and help me give this illustration. Would you give it up for those guys? <laughs> but what, what we see here is that as long as Moses' hands were up, they were winning. And when they were down, they were losing. And I'll, I'll let you guys come over here. I want to have these guys just hold my hands up. And I literally, I, I picked you guys because I wanted, I, and I just, I just wanted you to know, it's because, like, these guys, you can hold my hands up now. <laughs> these guys, they actually hold my arms up, like, day to day. Like, I didn't just pick random people out of the audience. Like, can I tell you that when I start to lose faith in my own life, when I start to lose faith, these guys, they hold up my arms. Like, when I'm tired, they pray for me, everybody. When I'm discouraged, especially Jared. Jared is the most, like, encouraging person that I know. When I am discouraged, Jared is there for me. Like, uh, uh, you, you need some people like this, everybody. You, you, need, you, need an, you need an Aaron and a Hur in your life. You need someone to hold you up. You need two men of God who will hold you up and, and, and who will help you continue to seek God, even when things are bad. Like, even when you go through the trial, they're still, they're still there for me. Like, they've been by my side, and they've, they've stood with me in prayer. They've stood with me in battle, and they're by my side, even when others don't believe in the crazy ideas that I have, everybody. They're still there with me, and they're cheering me on. Sometimes I think whether it's good or bad, they're still cheering me on, and they're still holding up my arms. And, the, and, and can I tell you that these guys, they believe the best in me, even when I believe the worst about me. Like, I know, I know that they're just a phone call away. They're right there for me. They, they, they stand, and, they, and, and, and when I'm going through a battle, everybody, they stand and they hold up my arms. That's the type of people they are. Can I tell you, you need some people like this. You need an Aaron and a Hur in your life. You need someone who will be with you in battle. You need someone who, who, who will constantly, who, who no matter what, they'll cheer you on. That's who you need. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you for serving me in that way. Love you guys.